We can stay safe this winter. For information and bookings for COVID-19 and flu vaccinations for your family, visit nsw.gov.au. How are your kids coping with illness this winter? This is a really big winter for us, for a whole lot of reasons. One, kids haven't been exposed to a whole lot of different viral infections for the last couple of years. And so they're coming across COVID, influenza, and a whole lot of other viruses that they used to see every year, but their immune system isn't used to it. Today on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking about how to best protect your kids this winter. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Winter is well and truly in full swing, which means if you're a parent, you're probably battling a litany of colds and coughs. Following on from two years of COVID-19 disruption, you might be getting hit harder than ever before. So as a community, where are we at with children and their vaccinations against flu and COVID-19? And what is the latest evidence showing us? Dr. Matthew O'Mara is Senior Specialist in Emergency at Sydney Children's Hospital, Conjoint Senior Lecturer at the School of Women's and Children's Health at the University of New South Wales, and the Chief Paediatrician of New South Wales. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Siobhan. Now, before um, we get to some questions we have from our audience, I just wanted to see if we could have a little update of where we're at at the moment with COVID and flu. What is the current flu season like for kids? It's a really big season. So in the middle of winter now, we are seeing many, many children with a whole variety of different respiratory infections. To give you an idea of every day around the country, there'll be a few thousand kids infected with COVID. There'll be about 20 or so who get admitted to hospital and about one who's so sick they need intensive care. With influenza, we're seeing probably about 1,000 children infected every day. We're seeing about 200 a day admitted to hospital with influenza and probably about 20 a day admitted to intensive care. And is the reason for that um, being a big season about those previous lockdowns and the isolation, the fact that kids weren't around germs like they used to be? That's a big part. Winter's a big season for coughs and colds. And this year's particularly big, I think, because kids haven't been exposed to things over the last couple of years. All the measures that have been taken to reduce the spread of COVID have also been remarkably good at reducing the spread of other respiratory infections. Now that we're going out more, kids are at school, people are socialising. It's not surprising these viruses come back like they do every season, but we've got a more vulnerable population. We've also got a whole lot of kids who don't have immunity, not just from exposure to the wild infections, but also to the vaccines. Our vaccination rates for COVID in young children is pretty modest, and our vaccination rates for flu is even lower than that. We've probably only got about 20% of kids covered against flu from vaccination. So I've got a, there are things we can do, but I think we're a bit slow in responding and doing everything that you can do to protect your children from these serious infections. Are the vaccines for both flu and COVID-19 effective against the new variants of both these diseases? Because we know that the flu changes every year and also, of course, COVID-19 has changed since we saw the first variant. Yeah. 
I think getting your child vaccinated against COVID and flu, it's sensible, it's safe, and it's effective. So sensible because these are simple things we can do to help prevent kids from getting serious infections. Safe because the side effects that we see from the vaccine are just like the side effects we see from the usual childhood vaccinations. Some minor local side effects mainly. Are they effective? The flu vaccine, it's a really good match this year. Every year, the scientists try and match up what the likely strains of flu are going to be. And this year, they've got it exactly right. The vaccine covers the strains that are circulating. And so they predict, and they're predicted really well this year. So the flu vaccine is particularly good coverage. And we know the flu vaccine is probably effective in about two thirds of cases. And as far as vaccination goes, that's pretty good. COVID vaccine were developed to try and prevent severe illness from getting COVID. And so it's still possible to get a milder illness from COVID, even though you've been vaccinated. We've also had the changes with COVID that new vaccine variants have come. And these new variants are better at evading your immune system and the immunity you've built up from vaccination or a previous bout of COVID. However, the vaccines are still good at preventing you getting infected and preventing you getting seriously infected. It's just that the immunity doesn't last as long. And so that's why boosters come in and it's important to get a booster, particularly at the time of peak infections like now in the middle of winter. All right. So um, I have many questions after that, but let's get to some from our community because we put it out there. You know, what are their questions around uh, vaccines in particular? And many parents are still concerned that the COVID-19 vaccines for kids are quite new, especially when you compare it to even the flu vaccine. How do you respond to that? We'd all acknowledge that these vaccines were developed incredibly rapidly. A new illness and then worldwide development of vaccines that are safe and are effective. They have been in, studied in incredible detail, like nothing before. You know, you know, after you've had your vaccine, you got a text message to ask about side effects. We're also looking at other ways of people who get problems with the vaccines, not just in Australia, but internationally, and learning from the millions and millions of doses that have been given to children around the world. And there are scientists are vigorously looking at every possible aspect of COVID, including the vaccine. So while it hasn't been studied for years, it's been studied very intensely. The other interesting thing is for every vaccine that's been developed, side effects and problems have been known about in the first three months and nothing new has ever been found that wasn't detected early on. Right. So the same thing for COVID. We know there's some side effects, some local things, pain, irritation, redness, getting a bit of a headache, feeling a bit tired. We know occasionally there's some more serious side effects that are really very uncommon, but other things, really, we, we're looking for them and we're not seeing them. And that's on millions and millions and millions of children and adults all around the world. And that's really interesting because one of the other concerns for parents were um, the potential long-term side effects. So you hear people say, oh, well, we might be all right now, but in 10 years' time, everyone who's had the vaccine is going to, I don't know, grow two heads or something. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of speculation about what might happen. There's got to be a reasonable link in between how a vaccine could do those sorts of things. And it just doesn't make biologic sense how something like that could occur. And while some aspects of the vaccine are new, a lot of the aspects of vaccine delivery are really familiar. We're doing things like we've done for years. And we know that, you know, questions about fertility, there's no 
way that that could cause a problem. There's no suggestion, no reasonable way about how that would work and no indication at all. And in fact, if, you know, if you're planning on having a family, the best thing to do is get vaccinated for your pregnancy because you can get really sick when you're pregnant, for your fetus, for yourself afterwards, and also the protection you give your young baby because young babies can't get vaccinated for COVID and can't get vaccinated for flu under six months of age. And they particularly rely on their mums being vaccinated to protect them. Let's talk about specific side effects. Are they different if you get the flu vaccine to the COVID-19 vaccine for kids? Like, are they the same sort of side effects or are they different for each vaccine? So side effects in kids, most children have no side effects at all from a vaccine. Unlike adults, about half of adults get some sort of side effect from these vaccines. It's only about a third of children, so they're less likely to get anything. In fact, most don't have any problem at all. Most children, if they do have anything, will get the usual minor local side effects that they get like any childhood vaccination. Pain, redness, stinging, itch at the vaccine site. Some of them might feel a bit unwell for a day or two, a bit less energy, have a bit of a headache. That's about it for the vast majority. Occasionally, there are some uncommon and more serious side effects. And you've probably heard about the cardiac effects from some of the vaccines. Is that just the COVID-19 vaccine? That's the COVID-19 vaccine. And that was found particularly in adolescent males. And it happens in probably one in 10,000, one in 30,000. It's really very uncommon. It's usually quite mild. And so that's been looked at in detail. And it really is quite a rare side effect. And it doesn't seem to be happening in the younger children at all. What about the parents that say, I was talking to someone the other day about my daughter. So she got COVID about two or three days after she had the vaccine. And someone said to me, are you sure she had COVID or did she just get it from the vaccine? And I'm, I'm sure there are other parents that are thinking that. And what's actually happening there? Yeah, I've often heard people say that. Oh, they think they got sick from the vaccine and it's called the actual illness. It's not possible. These are not whole live viruses that we're giving to people. They're getting tiny fragments of things to stimulate their immune system. You can also have bad luck. When there's a lot of COVID circulating around, that's a good time to get vaccinated. And it may coincide that you got exposed around the time or a bit before you got the vaccine. And it's bad luck. That's not going to be a big problem. Your immune system's going to get two sorts of stimuli, one from the vaccine and one from the actual infection. That relates to this common question now where people say, I was vaccinated against both the flu and COVID-19, but I still caught both. Why should I vaccinate my children? Great question. It's still possible to get the illness, influenza or COVID after a vaccine. They are not golden guarantees, but they certainly reduce your chance of becoming very unwell with it. So Look, a perfect vaccine may stop you from getting any infection at all and stop you getting seriously unwell. These vaccines are designed particularly to stop you getting really unwell. And we know they're also effective at stopping you getting the infection, reducing it by at least 50% for COVID and more than that with influenza. But it's still possible to get a mild case of those illnesses. And mild means not needing to go to hospital. You can still feel pretty sick for a few days you know, and need to take time off school or off work. But what we're really aiming to do is stop people becoming very unwell, needing to go to hospital, needing intensive care or dying from these illnesses.
when we talk about that severity, I think many parents are like, hold on a minute, from the beginning of the pandemic, you guys told us that kids won't get COVID or if they get it, they won't be very unwell. So why should parents have their children vaccinated when the majority of the adults around them are vaccinated? So they're already, firstly, they're thinking, it's not going to make my child very unwell. Secondly, they're thinking most of us um, have been vaccinated against COVID-19 now. So why do we need to get our kids vaccinated? That's a great question. Because COVID can make some children very unwell, and it's very hard to know. It might be your child. You're quite right. Most children have a fairly mild illness with COVID. They're unwell for a few days, but some get really sick, some get critically unwell, and some die. And it's very hard to know. All those children who get seriously unwell, many of them have been previously fine, fit, and healthy. And so while your chances of becoming really unwell with COVID are small as a child, they're still possible. And because there's so much COVID around, the chance of any child getting infected is pretty high, and the child, chance of your child becoming seriously unwell with it is still significant. That's COVID-19. I've been really fascinated with flu since, you know, five years ago, I, I was told how serious it can be for children, and yet I still find many parents not getting the flu vaccine for their kids. What is the impact of flu on children? Flu is often a much more serious illness for young children. It's not just a bad cough and cold. It's a serious illness. Your chance of being admitted to hospital is much greater if you get infected with flu than with COVID. Your chance of needing intensive care, about 10% of the kids who need admission to hospital are so sick they need intensive care. And every year around the country, we see a few children die from influenza. Half the children who end up in intensive care and half the children who die are previously fit and healthy, and that could be your child. There's something really simple you can do to reduce the chances of that, and that's get them vaccinated. So influenza, it's more than just a cough and a cold. It's a serious illness. It will lay them flat for a week with high temperatures, being unwell, listless, lethargic. Some of them will get complications on top of flu. So it's nothing to dismiss. I'd take influenza seriously. And even though our vaccination rates are about 20% in children, that's something we need to lift. And I think it's... That sounds really low. It is really low compared to all our other vaccines. It's not one of those compulsory vaccines. It's free for kids under five. It always has been. It's free for Indigenous kids of any age. It's free for children who've got chronic medical problems who are at greatest risk. Mm. So there's a good reason to get vaccinated. And it's pretty easy to do so. So talking about the ease of, of getting vaccinated, another question people will have is, so my kids had COVID, why should I vaccinate them if they've already had COVID? Yeah, two good reasons. One is their natural immunity that they've got from COVID infection will wane and their immune system needs a boost. And that's especially so with the new variants around. The other reason is that they might have been exposed to one particular variant and won't have developed a good immune response to the other variants that are circulating or developing. And the vaccine is, in fact, a better way of stimulating their immune system than the natural infection. It's surprising, but the science has got it absolutely right. It's really good at stimulating their immune systems and protecting them, particularly 
during peaks of COVID infection. And can a child get the flu and COVID vaccine at the same time? They can. And if your child is mildly unwell, is it fair to say, wait until they're better before you give them the vaccine? Sure. That's the usual rule with any vaccine. We'd prefer to to wait until your child's well. They can have a bit of a runny nose and that sort of thing. That's not a reason to stop getting vaccinated. But if they're unwell with fevers or more, more than just a runny nose, yep, they should wait till they're better to get vaccinated. Now, every parent with small children will probably know the uh, hard work that goes into getting a child to have an actual needle. And it can be really distressing. It can be really tough when kids get older and and more cognizant of what's happening with needles to get them to have a needle. I mean, have you got any advice for those parents? Look, I think it's a really common issue that parents talk about. The first thing I think is getting it straight in your own head as a parent, what you think should happen. If you think your child should be protected by getting vaccinated, get that straight in your head. The next thing is then trying to have that conversation with your child to prepare them for it, choosing the right words at the right time and how we're going to do that sort of thing. So for some children, it will be on the morning of it, because you know they get very worked up about things. And so choosing your moment might be right. Other children would be fine. And you'll say, oh, we need to go to the doctor and get you know, a vaccine, or we're going to go to the chemist and get a vaccine. And then it's the conversation with them about why this needs to happen. They have been living in a world of COVID and flu and respiratory infections, and they've heard a lot of things about it, and they will have their own ideas about it. And you might be surprised their kids will be saying, fine, let's do it. And they may be more relaxed about it than we as parents might be. Or they might have particular concerns. And they may not be able to articulate them straight away. They might go, no, I don't want to. You go, okay, let's look. What are you worried about? What concerns you? What do you think might happen? And using gentle but honest language about what's going to happen. Yeah, there's an injection and it'll feel like a bit of a pinch and using honest terms around that rather than it won't hurt a bit because that's not honest. It is pretty mild though. I just had my booster last week and I was amazed how insignificant it was. I think it's the thinking about it and the, you know, the catastrophizing sometimes about how terrible this is going to be and I don't want to do it. So I think it's our job as parents to prepare children for that. Some of it's also giving them choices about how this is going to happen. Who do you want to go with you? provided that's a feasible option. Do you want to sit down on your own or do you want to sit on my lap? Do you want to do the left arm or the right arm? Do you want to listen to music, watch a video or bring a toy? Would it help to prepare on your teddy bear, you know, or the dog, you know, (laughs) how to get a vaccine done? Just some children work through this in different sorts of ways and play is a big way of doing it. But giving them choice, not so much the choice of having the vaccine or not is yours as a parent. I think the choice for the child is about how can we make this experience as good as possible? What can we do to prepare well? What can we do during it? What can we make it okay afterwards? What's the small treat? We'll do this and we'll go to the park or we'll do something nice. Small treat's a good point. I would definitely advise not doing what we did, which was getting them a a present. We'd wrap it and they had to sit there holding the present. And the 
And it was so disproportionate to what I was like, I could have given them a couple of jelly beans and they would have been fine, but we were so anxious about it. So that's my advice. It, it's Do not buy big presents. <laughs> it, it's interesting whose anxiety we're managing yes. this. And I think a lot of it is our own. Yeah. And some of that idea about getting it straight in our head, what should happen and being honest with yourself about what you're concerned about. And rather than projecting that onto your child, because their ideas and their concerns and their thoughts may be completely different to yours. And it's their ideas we're interested in and how to make the experience okay for them. We'll cope. Yes, <laughs> we do cope. I would also say, though, listening to other parents about where you can go, where they have a reasonably good bedside manner, because sometimes if the uh, nurse or someone is a bit fed up with injecting crying children, you want to have someone who's kind and can just be quick and just get through it and actually knowing the right places to go can help. Absolutely. Knowing the right places to go. And there are some children who do have special needs who are particularly sensitive to their environment. If that's the case, I'd suggest having a chat to your GP who knows them, who knows you, who can work out a strategy about how to make this okay. Because there are some kids who we need to be particularly careful with because it's a very, very big deal for them. And we want this to be a good experience so that the next thing that happens, whether it's a vaccine or another health experience, goes okay and we don't build up their anxieties further. Yeah. So where should people go if they have further questions? Okay. There is lots of good information that's around. I'd suggest you go to good, trusted websites. The health department that's in every state have got good information on it. Health Direct that national information line um, has got a good website. Raising Children is a fantastic website for all aspects of parenting, including these illnesses and vaccinations. They're the key ones I'd go to. Good, national, well-developed, trusted sites, uh, rather than fringe things that you might come across in your searches. And also, I suppose, your GP. Is always of course, your GP. So yeah. what you look at online, um, first, yeah, and go to your trusted health professionals, people you know, people you trust. Your chemist can often be a good source as well because the chemists are doing lots of vaccines. Kids from five up can get their flu and COVID vaccines at the chemist. So they'll also be quite used to this and be a good source of information. Excellent. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Dr. Matthew O'Mara, Chief Paediatrician of New South Wales. And I'll include all the links to the studies and resources we've talked about today in the show notes. We can stay safe this winter. For information and bookings for COVID-19 and flu vaccinations for your family, visit nsw.gov.au. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.